Welcome to American West History and Lore. I am your host, Paul Workman, and I'm glad to be with you guys today. On this episode, we've got a great story about a homestead. But before we get into that, we got to take care of some American West History and Lore business. All right, here's the deal, guys. I'm giving away a really killer coffee mug or tea mug or hot cocoa mug, whatever you want to drink out of it. I don't, I don't care. That's completely between you and the mug, okay? But the rules are simple. All you have to do is go on to the American West History and Lore Facebook page and make sure you like the page. That's step number one. Step number two, make sure you like the giveaway post. Step number three, go and comment on the giveaway post of what your favorite time period or favorite topic is in the American West. It's it's that simple. And the mug's really cool. I designed, designed it myself. Uh, it's got a picture of Goblin Valley State Park on it. I was... If you remember the contest I did before with the 5x7 print, it's that same picture. But, yeah, go to the American West History and Lore Facebook page and go check it out there. Really love for all of you to enter. I know that some of you subscribers probably haven't visited the American West History and Lore Facebook page, but now's your opportunity to do so, and you might benefit from it because you might win this cool mug. All right, with that being said, not going to waste any more time. Let's get into our story today where we're going to be talking about the John Jarvey Ranch. The American West in the 1800s is filled with many stories, interesting stories about different characters. Many are well-known, such as Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid, Billy the Kid, and Buffalo Bill Cody. However, some of them aren't as well-known, except perhaps in their own respective locations where they once resided. One such character was a gentleman by the name of John Jarvie. Many who live in northeastern Utah, southeastern Wyoming, and northwestern Colorado may know of John, however, the rest of the world may not. John Jarvie was born in Scotland in the year 1844 and is said to have worked in a Scottish mine as a youth where, as legend has it, he took a pretty rough beating by his supervisor. Perhaps it was the beating that, after his recovery from it, forced him to seek out a new life. He soon found himself a stowaway on a ship headed for America, where he arrived sometime around 1870. When Jarvie finally settled down in America, it was in the Rock Springs, Wyoming Territory. There he purchased the Will Wade Saloon for $500. Having proved himself to be a good, honorable, and decent man, in 1875, Jarvie became an official citizen of the United States. In 1880, when Jarvie was 36 years old, he met Nellie Barr, who was 22 years old where they became very fond of one another. It didn't take long before they fell in love, and later that year, on June 17, 1880, they were married. Shortly thereafter, they packed their things and left Rock Springs for Browns Park in Utah. Now, Browns Park, aside from its rich, outlaw, typical Western homestead history, which we'll get into that later, is an amazing place. Its natural, beautiful landscapes take the cake. 
Its original name was Brown's Hole, and it encompassed two different counties in two different states, Moffat County in Colorado and Daggett County in Utah. It's an isolated mountain valley along the Green River. Today it serves as the location of the Browns Park National Wildlife Refuge. Nestled within the depths of Browns Park is the location that served as John and Nellie's home. Today it is known as John Jarvie Ranch, a popular tourist getaway for families who are dying to get a somewhat of a glimpse of what homestead life was like. But back in the 1800s when John and Nellie first found their dreamland, their desire was to build and maintain a general store and trading post. Naturally, the newlyweds needed somewhere to live, so while their general store and future log cabin was being built, they lived in a two-room dugout in the hillside, which was built for Jarvie by a gentleman named Bill Lawrence. The dugout suited them while their other projects were being built, and eventually they moved into their three-room log house. The dugout would eventually become a storage cellar, storage for food and storage for perhaps something else, outlaws. When Jarvie's general store was finally up and running, it was the only store within 70 miles of his fellow homesteaders, which had a fairly large inventory of necessary goods. A rumor began that he actually had started a saloon there because of the fact that he sold liquor at his general store, but the reality was that he sold several different types of items. The liquor would become problematic for Jarvie, however, in 1892, he was summoned to court by Sheriff Pope of Vernal on account of selling liquor without the proper licensing. Two witnesses were produced, and they even brought some of the so-called liquor for sampling. After the jury tasted the strong drink, they determined that it was just some homemade rot gut and was not to be considered liquor. All charges were dropped against Jarvie. As Jarvie's property grew, so did his family. Nellie would give birth to four boys while living in Brown's Hole. Not only did his family grow, but his services and popularity grew as well. On top of having a successful general store, he also boasted a post office, a river ferry, and a cemetery. Perhaps it was these services and Jarvie and his fellow Browns Hole homestead neighbors' kind demeanor that attracted outlaws such as Butch Cassidy, Elzelay, and Matt Warner to the area. A couple examples of their affection are as follows. From the website historytogo.utah.gov, Quote, two incidents stand out as a demonstration of the outlaw's affection for the people of Browns Park. On one occasion, Matt Warner, Elzelay, and two others held up a merchant who was freighting a load of merchandise from Rock Springs to Vernal. After taking what they could use, the robbers determined to donate the balance of the goods to their neighbors. Clothes and trinkets were given to storekeeper John Jarvie for distribution, and everyone was told to show off their new apparel at the next dance. When Friday night rolled around, some of the dancers supported rather outlandish ensembles. An even more fanciful event took place in the middle of 1890s when the Bender Gang, Butch Cassidy, Sundance Kid, and Elzelay treated the residents of the valley to a Thanksgiving dinner. No expense was spared. The menu included Blue Point cocktails, roast turkey with chestnut dressing, cranberries, Rockfort cheese, pumpkin pie, and many other delicacies. Held at the Davenport Ranch, the affair attracted some 35 people. Isom Dart presided in the kitchen, and the outlaws donned white aprons to serve dinner. Ann Bassett recalled that Butch Cassidy got flustered pouring coffee and retreated from the dining room. Quote, 
the boys went into a huddle in the kitchen and instructed Butch in the formal art of filling cups at the table. This just shows how etiquette can put fear into a brave man's heart. End quote. Nellie Barr became sick with tuberculosis and passed away sometime in 1895, when their youngest son was only eight. This left John to be a father and essentially a mother to his four boys. He went as far as to make their clothes for them. As time passed, Jarvie and his children grew older. All of his sons eventually moved away and John was left alone to take care of the ranch. From time to time, he would take in travelers, give them a little work with wages, feed them, give them a place to sleep, but eventually his kindness would get the best of him. Rumors circulated that Jarvie kept large amounts of money in a safe at the ranch. And for a criminal, hearing these rumors would make their ears perk up. In 1908, there was a man by the name of George Hood who stopped in. Jarvie gave him work around the general store and a place to stay. Hood eventually left and in July of 1909, he met up with a soon-to-be partner in crime in Rock Springs, a man by the name of Bill McKinley, his brother-in-law. On July 6, 1909, Hood and McKinley made it to John Jarvie's ranch. Jarvie, being the hospitable man he was, set out two extra plates for dinner. However, the food on the plates was never touched. The men soon forced Jarvie into his store where the safe was kept and made him open the safe. To their surprise, the rumors were not exactly true. Jarvie did not have a mountain of wealth in his safe. All that was in there was a $100 bill and a pearl-handled revolver. Jarvie managed to flee his captors, only to be run down and shot from behind. He was murdered in cold blood, and it was a cruel end to a kind life. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of American West History and Lore, and don't forget to go to the American West History and Lore Facebook page to enter the contest for the mug giveaway. It's a really cool mug, would really love the support, and hey, it's just a couple clicks. You never know, you might win. Also, if you guys like what I'm doing, I'd love it if you'd head on over to iTunes or Stitcher or whatever platform you listen to to this show on and give us a kind rating and review. It really helps people find the show and uh, gets other people that are interested in this stuff uh, a new opportunity to be able to, to hear legends and history of the American West in a different way. So thanks again, guys. If you have any show suggestions, feel free to email me at thepkworkman at gmail.com. That's T-H-E. P-K-W-O-R-K-M-A-N. 